Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kersher and Wendy Bowlesby. Welcome, dear listeners, to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, and I am joined, as always, by my fantabulous co-host, Wendy, that's me, way over there to the south. And we are here to share the joy in our lives, particularly joy in movies, because that is what we do. We we are fond of movies here at the, the Cinema Pleasure Dome. Yes, yes, we are. Yes, yes. Yes, 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 we are. So, Wendy, over the last week, did you uh, find anything that you would like to share with our listening audience? Yes, Melissa. <gasps> Yay! Yes, I would. Um, okay, I want to... I want to start with a brief aside. Okay. Which is much like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I We ended up watching Star Trek Into Darkness, which I remember being very not much a fan of. Seeing it once in theater and being like, ah, I didn't, I didn't like that. And mm-hmm. again, upon rewatch, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah. not. It's not stunning and it doesn't grab me, but it does have a really charismatic cast doing a lot of good work and a really decent retelling of the Khan mythology. And I think I didn't like it because like they were trying to be coy about the fact that it was Khan. Yeah. I think, I think that's why. And then I was like, why were you coy? I think you didn't need to be coy. But anyway, that's one aside. Just my ongoing, (laughs) my ongoing (laughs) philosophy of like, Oh, these movies that I was really upset about or didn't enjoy or was like, ah, they're not actually that bad. Are movies now getting weaker or was I just really, really wound up in the past? I mean, honestly, why not both? Um, <laughs> but this week, Melissa, mm-hmm. I watched Polite Society. I apologize <gasps> for my pet noises. Oh, tell me about it. I haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. Um, Polite Society listeners is on, uh, is it Netflix? No. Is it? Might be Prime. Mm. Yeah, Netflix is usually all in on the Bollywood stuff, so. It's Hulu Prime or Netflix. That really narrows it down, I know. Um, Doesn't matter. Doesn't really matter. Listeners, I have been excited to see this since I saw a trailer several months ago. Which, um, it is the story of Mm -hmm. a, a person of Middle Eastern and, uh, it's Pakistani, by the way. I had originally thought it was Indian, uh, but they are, they mentioned that they are Pakistani. Um, 
And once you get into like the actual movie, there's a wedding that happens. That's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. Um, okay. Like I'm like, oh, I think I can see how the clothes are even a little different. Um, so anyway, this is a Pakistani family living in England and they have two daughters, young-ish, one high school, one college, and the college daughter has dropped out of art school and is very clearly adrift trying to figure out who she is now. Um, right. Because things didn't go as well as she had hoped they would in art school. And the younger daughter, our protagonist, is delightful. Uh yeah. She is, um, her name is Rhea, by the way, Rhea and Lena. Lena's the older daughter. Rhea wants to be a stunt person. And <laughs> so she takes karate or, I mean, it looks like karate. It's one of those, like, I don't know enough about the, the martial arts. It, it reads as karate in the movie. So she's taking karate. And then after school, her sister is helping her film for her YouTube channel and <laughs> her doing all these fights and trainings and whatever. And it's she and of course, deeply misunderstood. And then by chance, they are invited to a hoity-toity uh, Eid uh, celebration Eid is mm -hmm. a, a Middle Eastern holiday, if you're not familiar with it, listeners, E-I-D. And while they are there, Lena makes the acquaintance of the hostess's very successful doctor, attractive son. And they start dating and Rhea is like, I hate him. I hate him so much. And you're supposed to be an artist, not wanting to get married. Why are you, why are you abandoning being an artist? And so the entire movie becomes a quest on the part of Rhea to break them up, to uncover some, like, a reason to break them up. And there are twists and turns from there. We of will course. just leave it at that. <laughs> and it is delightful. There is, I want to be clear, nothing surprising about it. No. Mm -hmm. um, it is exactly the movie that you think it is. But it's got a really good vibe and uh, the, the stars are engaging. They have a ton of fun with the tropes of these kind of movies. Her mm -hmm. two teenage, her two high school buddies are awesome. And it is overwhelmingly a female-led movie. I think there's two male characters. There's the dude who wants to marry her and her father. Right. The, mm -hmm. the two girls father. And that's really it as far as males who are popping up in this movie. It's like, is the fighting life altering? No. And one of the things I appreciate is she is consistently getting her ass handed to her <laughs> because Perfect. she's she's a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was so delightful. It's directed by Nita Manzoor. Which, mm -hmm. by the way, is the creator of We Are Lady Parts, Ooh. the TV series. Yeah. yeah. And she also directed a couple of episodes of Doctor Who, just FYI, so she cut her chops there. And the entire final sequence, when they are in their wedding garb, and of course there is fighting. Like, Of course. I have 
always wished to see beautiful roundhouse kicks in a gorgeous sari type of, <laughs> I mean, they're not wearing technically sari because that is Indian, Hindu, and they are Pakistani, but it's that same beautiful full skirt with gorgeous jewel tones and lovely embellishments doing all these punches and kicks and flips. And it's, it's lovely. It's, <laughs> it's lovely. So, um, yeah. And of course, you know, sisterly love, there's a lot to love about it. Yeah. It's a feel good movie and like, and not like everything else that is out right now. So mm -hmm. definitely recommend. Hooray. I Love know. It. I was so excited not only to watch it, but that it was fun. Yay. Uh, what about you, Melissa? What did you watch this week? Well, um, I watched several things this week, but the thing that brought me the most joy, aside from watching Glass Onion again, which never gets old. Never gets um, old. I also watched Bullet Train again. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Right. Can we, like, how is this man, number one, in everything, and, like, number one, beautiful, and good in everything, and yet he's not a household name? I don't, I don't understand. Well, I think he's much like Brad Pitt, who's also in this movie. Uh, he's a character actor in a leading man's body. Yeah. And he, had, he, he didn't lean into the character actor stuff, so. <laughs> right. So this is a movie, dear listeners, if you've not seen Bullet Train yet, we may have even talked about this on an earlier episode. I'm not sure. But Bullet Train is a delight of character actors. It is a smorgasbord of character actors. And it's a smorgasbord of assassins all on a train. And, you know, hijinks ensue. So, I mean, everybody's in it. We've got uh, Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, <laughs> the big bad who shows up at the end. I won't spoil who that is. Uh, yeah, there's cameos galore, including like a three second cameo that was <laughs> an overlap with the other movie that David Leitch was making at that time. Uh, yeah, it's it's just fun. It's fun. And... In my subsequent watchings, I've been really appreciating the script, which is, you know, it's not the deepest script in the world, but it works like a Rube Goldberg machine. And yeah. uh, that is something I can really appreciate. It is goofy fun. Uh, it is sometimes gloriously stupid, but uh, there's good action, uh, good humor, and it's a bunch of assassins trying to kill each other. It's like a funny John Wick. You know, <laughs> um, it would pair well with uh, Gross Point Blank. Actually, I paired it with Atomic Blonde. Ooh, it would pair well with that, too. Um, same director. Oh, I hadn't mm -hmm. realized, but that makes sense. Yeah. I like I like the idea more like that would definitely don't get me wrong. That would pair well. I think it'd be fun to kind of stream a conscious that like maybe start with atomic blonde, move into bullet train, then do gross point blank because gross point blank has much more that comedic vibe. That... There's also smoke and aces. Oh, which smoke is also an assassin jam. Smoke and aces is such like, it's a is mess. such a hot mess though that like, I feel like you put that at the end. So it's okay. Well, yeah. 
Because where do you go after? Where do you go after? It's so incoherent. Like, wonderful. (laughs) I mean, it's worth it for Jeremy Piven. Oh. Honestly. It's worth it for Ben Affleck. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... And Ryan Reynolds before he became the Ryan Reynolds we know so well. Right? Uh-huh. Like earnest, dramatic. Earnest, dramatic Ryan Reynolds. It's like, ooh, ooh, I'm glad you found your niche, man. <laughs> yeah, what is, what is, like, and it's not that he's bad in it, but like now it's no. like, like if you watched it now, you'd be like, oh, it's Ryan Reynolds film. And you would be deeply, conf- well, I mean, it, you'd be deeply confused anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know how to handle Ryan Reynolds when he's not a motor mouth just running out every thought in his head in a in a non-structured sentence. So <laughs> I, sorry, I, I can't handle it. <laughs> I, I have been I want to be clear. I was listening, Melissa. I really was. But the minute you said you watched Glass Onion, all I could think is Miles would absolutely have been on the Ocean Gate sub. Oh, God, he would have. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, my friend uh, Kevin, who comes in from California for uh, Convergence, uh, it it was actually the uh, same night that we recorded our previous episode. Uh, We watched A Taxing Woman on... um, on Criterion, which is also good. And then I learned he had not seen Glass Onion yet. And I went, oh my God, you must see Glass Onion now. And therefore, I watched it yet again. And I love it. Every time I watch that movie, I catch more things. And it delights me. So, Wendy, mm-hmm. what else has made you happy this week? Melissa. Melissa. What has made me ecstatic this week is... Doing some math that I apparently fucked up previously. <laughs> and the and the realization that my last qualifying payment month required for student loan forgiveness is in fact the last month of COVID relief non-payment. <laughs> oh my that god. That is right. I thought my I thought my last payment that was required was going to be like next April and I went in after the whole Supreme Court thing I went in and looked and then I counted and I went wait a minute wait wait and then I counted it up and I'm like so I'm done in September and payments start in October that's amazing it is. And I am so, oh my goodness, I can't even. Um, <laughs> oh, now what's really exciting. Okay, now I want to be clear so that I don't get any, so we don't get any messages about, well, yes, I am still going to have to make payments until they do the bureaucrat, all the bureaucracy things mm-hmm. to discharge it. But you yeah. see, all of those payments, I will then get back. <laughs> Oh my God, that's cool. <laughs> because they will be overpayments. Yeah. So it's like the shittiest savings plan ever. Um, oh God, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but... It does, because my payments are going to be $500 plus. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
because I was having real existential dread about, okay, it's going to be six months of payments. And then once I've finally done it, it's still going to probably be another four months of payments after that, um, which we'll get back those. But like this, now I'm looking at like a year of really lean uh, home finances because $500 is, a, it's a significant piece of money. Um, and instead... <laughs> <laughs> and instead, uh, I get to put in my verification at the end of September, start making payments in October. Once they, once they log that verification, I can then call and say, hey, put me in forbearance while you, figure, while you do the work to discharge me. So uh, if all goes well, probably about three payments mm -hmm. that I will then get back. That's amazing! I know, Melissa! I can't even... Ah. <laughs> Congratulations. I, I, I know. I know. I, once again, shout out to the wonderful person at St. Paul Public Schools who helped me out by filling out my helping me fill out that paperwork during the waiver that Biden gave us because that mm -hmm. gave me that gave me two years of payments that I didn't have before because I wasn't on the right plan yeah wow like yeah this ah Melissa Melissa <laughs> there may not be enough whiskey in town for how much I want to celebrate this <laughs> We should have a little online party for you. I know, right? When everything's when everything's done, we'll have a little party. I love this plan. I love this okay, plan. Let's do okay. it. Let's do it. What has brought you joy this week, Melissa? I found out just a couple days ago because I live under a rock. Apparently, Beyonce is playing on Thursday night in Minneapolis. Uh huh. I got a ticket for sixty bucks. Oh my god! Right, Melissa. <laughs> what i know right i'm in the nosebleeds but that's fine i mean our norm <laughs> normally our what brought you joy is like i ate a donut and this week is just fucking epic <laughs> i'm doing a lot of concerts this year for some reason it's well i mean it's because everybody's touring again and everybody everybody is touring again and and mm. i want to see them so, I mean, every, like, every two weeks I'm going to a show, and uh, this Thursday is one of them now. <laughs> I don't, I want you to be in the moment. I do, Melissa. I yeah. want you to be in the moment and enjoy this concert, but um, feel free to grab snippets of video to forward to me. It doesn't, and, like, I want to okay. be clear, I'm not going to watch, like, five-minute-long videos. I don't have the intention, but, like, it just a little, like, look. Look, here's yeah. 10 seconds of, what the hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. there, uh, the, the, the stage design, I saw it when I got the ticket. It's interesting. There's a thrust stage that goes off into the audience, you know, like a, cat, a catwalk or a walkway. Mm -hmm. And then it ends in a big circle. But it's a walkway that's a circle. And there's audience inside the circle. <laughs> nice. That's not where right. I no. That's not where I am. Okay. That's like, that's like four figure tickets. Oh yeah. Well into that range. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I'm up in the nosebleeds at the Huntington arena. I love 
yeah, I love that because that's a that's a pretty common feature at big concerts, pop concerts these days is that like walkway into the crowd or something like, mm-hmm. a, so you're not just standing on stage, you know, within like what the six foot barrier with uh, security to keep people from jumping up on stage. Like that right. is so cool. That is so cool. I love it. I am ridiculously excited for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did, did I tell you that I'm also seeing Janelle Monet this year? <gasps> Melissa. <laughs> oh my God. That a friend of mine had an extra okay. ticket. Oh my God, that's not okay. Oh, oh, what? Oh, right. Oh, wow. Ah, that goes beyond joy. That, that, that like sends me supersonic. Oh, <laughs> isn't it great? Oh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleased with my luck this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes your way. What, what? I mean, well, I, I think I got, I think it's genetic because my mom has magical powers when it comes to uh, concert tickets. Your mom was like, a, your mom was a roadie? No, oh, Noah. A, a groupie? A groupie. There <laughs> kinda, you go. Kind of, kind of. Well, no, well, it's more like she was dating the bass player. So maybe okay. less groupie and more like, uh, I, I don't know, fringe benefits of the band. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like but friends anyway, with benefits uh, bands with benefits I, what? bands with benefits I, I'll have to figure out the terminology later but anyway uh, my mom has this uh, supernatural ability where like I go oh it would be fun to go see this together but it's sold out and then she calls me back five minutes later it's like I got two great tickets let's go <laughs> wow yeah, so I, I apparently have my mom's luck this year. I'm I'm ridiculously, stupidly excited for you. I I want to hear <laughs> all about them. Of course, of, of course. course, of course. I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it to the podcast. You bring it back home to the podcast. Great. Yeah. So, dear listeners, this is probably what I'm going to be talking about next week. <laughs> it's a preview. It's a preview. It's called foreshadowing. <laughs> It's your key to good entertainment. I was going to say literature, but this isn't literature. It's fine. We're fine. We're all fine. Yeah, we're fine. We're all fine. All right. Well, I believe that probably wraps it up. Do you have anything else, Wendy? No. Um, I I mean, shout out. uh, Rewatched Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. And at the end of it, my hubs, my wonderful Chris, was like, is there a sequel? And I'm like, no, they never made a sequel. He's like, is there a cinematic universe or something? And I'm like, <laughs> only British, Britishy rom-coms. Like, he's like, it's just such a charming worldview. I want to revisit it. And I'm like, so now in my head, uh, Notting Hill and Wimbledon take place <laughs> in the same universe. FYI. That would be a great concept, a rom-com cinematic universe. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's... And then you could have, like, oh, look, there's uh, Julia Roberts doing her... Um, I forget, what is her name in Notting Hill? Um, 
whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. But there's like one of her movies playing in the background Mm -hmm. or a poster for her on a bus. By the way, Mm -hmm. if you haven't rewatched Wimbledon recently, obviously Paul Bettany, Kirsten Dunst, obviously. Right. You have forgotten that Theoden King is in it as Paul Bettany's (laughs) father and that Professor X, James McAvoy, is in it as his brother. Also, <laughs> also, um, Cersei's incestuous brother is in it as his best friend. Oh my God, Nikolai Waldo, yeah. whatever his name is. But Jamie, Jamie Lannister is in it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I had forgotten all that, and then I was like, I'll I'll rewatch this because I was crafting, and I like to put on things that I've already watched when I'm crafting. And I was just like, wait, what? Wait, what? Wait. <laughs> what <laughs> so yeah oh also sam neil oh yeah plays her i'm always father. on for sam neil yeah. yeah who doesn't yeah, love yeah. and but he's here's what's crazy everybody's british except kirsten dunce sam neil putting on an american accent that's so weird i mean obviously he does it a lot we've heard him do it a lot yeah. but i'm just like everybody else is british and they made you have to be american i'm so sorry mr neil I'm so sorry. So anyway, have I convinced yeah. you? Have I convinced you to watch uh, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People yet? No, but it's not like I don't know I need to see it because we Ooh. know I do love a Sam Neil. It's Taika Waititi and Sam Neil, man. And is that you know? is the kid? Is that the same actor who is on? Uh, what He's we do in, in the Deadpool Two. Okay. He's in Deadpool too. He's the 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 kid who can't control his uh, powers in Deadpool too. Um, he's also in Christmas Chronicles too. Yes. 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 But yes. it is not the same actor who is in What We Do in the Shadows. No. Yeah, I didn't think it was. It is not. But any but anyway, that's a fantastic movie. And that is the grouchiest you will ever see Sam Neill. So I, I imagine it's pretty close to what he's actually like. Doesn't seem grouchy. <laughs> he like plays a ukulele and is chill. I think he's like I think he's like Harrison Ford. All he wants to do is smoke weed and like I mean, chill out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I guess we anyway. can finally wrap this up now. <laughs> probably, probably. All right. Well, thank you, dear listeners, for joining us in Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Melissa, and I've been joined, as always, by my fantabulous co-host. That's me, Wendy. And we will come to your ears next week. That doesn't sound right. No. I don't know. No. no. Mm. Our voices will... We'll grace your ears next week. Uh, better. I like it. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Sure. We'll roll with it. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I can keep going. Ah. Ah. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
this week, right? Sure. 